Good morning. Um, how nice to see everyone. And thank you for being online. And if you are online, I've heard some of you double dip and make your way to the 11 o'clock service. I love that. It's like a preview of coming attractions. And I thank you, Christopher, for that song this morning, woke up this morning. And I think we must acknowledge um, its origin and what it's about. It's a, a freedom song. Uh, made us a revamp of the old gospel song. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus in the 1960s. It's one of many similar songs during the civil rights movement was created by Reverend Robert Wesby of Aurora, Illinois, while he was in jail during the Freedom Rides. So this month, as we talk about home, the experience of feeling safe in this world, at home in this body, we can acknowledge that that journey of creating safety for African Americans isn't finished. It's continuing. So when we sing that, and maybe we'll think of our own personal safety, but what we can do is remember that heritage and also bring into our heart the ongoing journey of creating a world that is safe for black, indigenous, and people of color, and minorities, and women, and everyone. So let's keep that in mind. It's quite a topic this month, November, new month, home. Oh, it got me to thinking about where I was born, South Africa. I know I talk about it a lot, but it was my formative years. And I remember once as a younger man, I was there visiting my grandmother, and her insurance needs had changed. She needed different medical insurance as she was aging. And so uh, the insurance company sent insurance agents to our home to discuss the details. Can you imagine? That was before the Internet, you know, when we used to talk to human beings about such things in your home. Who'd have thought? Anyway, the, they came, the doorbell rang, and I went to answer, and there were these two very mature beings at the door. And, and I wasn't quite sure what to make of it because they were both much more mature than my grandmother and I wondered how they were going to advise her. They were the insurance company representatives. Apparently they had picked up the career, the job, as a hobby. And um, I asked them about that. Why? And uh, the man said, well, you know, retirement just wasn't working for us. This way, we get to meet people and feel alive. So many people and their wonderful lives. And then the, his wife said, I just love being out in the world that God has created because it's a miracle. And me, I said, what do you mean? Because I was a younger man then and I was still struggling with the racial trouble in South Africa and the inequities and the social violence that was going on. So I wanted to know what she meant. And she said, well, take for example this light switch on the wall. And she looked at it and touched her sternum with awe. Of course, I had never noticed the light switch. And she said, when I was growing up on the farm, there was nothing like it. And look at it. You just flip it, and the light comes on. I was like, where did she grow up? 
She said, I am so amazed by creation and I'm so grateful to have the privilege to be able to wander through the world and experience the awe and to touch people's lives. Wow. You know, I have not forgotten that conversation. Many times I call up the memory of it when I'm feeling lost or when I feel like I don't belong or when I... feel disconnected, and then I try to reconnect with that attitude I experienced in her, in her, that attitude of awe for life. I try to think of this feeling now so that I can experience this life as home now, even with everything that's wrong with it and everything that's right with it. And the memory of that conversation inspires me to practice being filled with awe and wonder and to practice it by looking for, specifically looking for, things to be amazed by, to be moved by. Recently, I've spoken to several people in our community who feel kind of stuck. After nearly three years of a pandemic, Some of them say that they feel like they've lost their spark or their zest for life. One person said to me, oh my gosh, she said, it's like I can't remember what the point is. Oh, Now, I remember feeling like that myself. Many, many years ago, I got burned out on my job and I... I was overworked at the time and I lost track of the point. I lost a sense of belonging. I, I had no joy in me. I didn't even have a vision of what it might be like on the other side. So one day I sat down with myself and I asked myself, you know, as if I was asking a wise counselor sitting inside my heart, I asked, what's it all about? And the answer that came to me, it it set me free in a way. And today, it it seems like such an ordinary answer that I almost hesitate to speak it. And especially because I don't want to trivialize anybody else's experience of challenge and difficulty, for surely there are hardships in the world that are so intense that this answer may not be useful to hear. I acknowledge that. I'm sharing something personal that helped me in a dark time. I'm sharing the answer that came to me on that one particular day as I sat with the question, what is there to live for? And the answer that came to me is this. Rather than thinking about living for something, consider maybe that the whole point of life is simply I am alive and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, now when that answer came into my mind, I felt both a little let down because I was expecting something more with trumpets and fanfare and profundity but also in that moment I felt freer 
than I had been in a long, long time. And something changed in me. It's still a work in progress, you know. But since that time, so many years ago, I slowly began to notice life in a new way. I began paying a little more attention to life. And I can report to you that there have been moments when paying attention to life in which every breath I took seemed like an endless gift of such immense beauty that if I think about it long enough, I can get quite weepy. Before I noticed that I was alive, and I say it like that, because truly there were times in my life when I wasn't fully alive. I was half dead from way too much stress, way too much worry. Oh, I spent a good deal of my life pining away for my perfect partner. I spent a great deal of time grieving lost opportunities, failed projects. I spent a lot of time just feeling lost, angry. And sometimes for very good reasons, excellent reasons. And because I felt so alone and not in this world, I used to dread romantic comedies. <laughs> Valentine's Day was a nightmare. I hated holidays. I didn't want to go to parties. People annoyed me. Life was awful. And then in that answer, the change that came, that answer, I'm alive, you're alive. It, well, I guess it gave me permission to be in the world, to be a little more alive, a little more consciously in my life, if that makes any sense. Now, I started to be alive by becoming interested, by becoming fascinated. And I started to change because I started to feel something. I started to feel gratitude for no particular reason, for no reason at all. And that changed me. I, I began to accept people more with less control. I learned to love people more dearly than I ever have before when I realized they were exactly who they were. And as a result, people started to feel more at ease around me. I also learned to try new things that weren't normal or typical for me. I learned to be loud when I preferred to be quiet. I learned to be with people when I preferred to be alone and vice versa. And I learned to do things I would never have thought of. I, I learned to paint. I learned to snowboard. I learned to rollerblade. And uh, I started to run out of time to do all of the things that I wanted to find out about, to learn about out there, to witness. See, what happened was I started to let myself become fascinated with the light switches of life. Not 100% of the time. No, sure. You know, I get derailed very easily. 
That's one little thing, you know. But now I got a, a habit. When I do become derailed, I try to get back to this approach of life as quickly as I can, if possible. And, and sometimes just by saying the words to myself, I can get there. You're alive. Be alive. Now, you might say, huh, Edward, you accepted being alive. You know, just like another preacher might say, you accepted God into your heart. It's the same thing. When I accepted being alive, oh, I started to understand something I had read by Hugh Prather in his beautiful book, The Quiet Answer. I will make no effort to step ahead of God. Now, if the word God bothers you, you can say it this way. I will make no effort to step ahead of life today. Or if you don't like that, you could say it like this. I will make no effort to step ahead of the beloved today. Or here's another way to say it. Make yourself at home. You're here anyway. You see, because I wouldn't do that. Sometimes I would live, and I still do it from time to time, like I would live one step ahead, that frame of mind. Always one step ahead. You might be familiar with that. Like examples of it. I'm not enjoying where I am or what I'm doing because I am focusing on and fussing about what I don't have and where I am not. Or... I'm not looking into the beloved's eyes because I'm wondering what that notification on my phone is all about. <laughs> I'm not pausing to help that person on the sidewalk as I drive out of the supermarket because I'm going over in my head what was said in that me meeting I just attended on Zoom while I was shopping. And what it means for next steps and the strategic angle I need to adopt. <laughs> I'm not smiling back at the rain or the wind. I'm busy cursing the weather for being bad. <laughs> I'm not warmed up by the sight of lovers holding hands in the park. Because I'm protesting that mine took such a long time to arrive and lives in another city. <laughs> you see, to accept being alive, I had to learn how to make changes, and I'm still learning, make changes in how to use my attention. I had to learn to give my attention. I had to learn to give my attention in an intimate and focused way as I would to a lover. I had to learn to give my attention and appreciation to little things, as I would to a lover. And the more I did it, the fuller and richer my life became, and strangely, the more satisfied I became with less and less and less, because the world was becoming richer and richer and richer. 
in that 6 a.m. Pacific Time daily devotional. I know some of you attended on Facebook and on YouTube. Sometimes at the end of our short 10-minute prayer, I share an exercise that I picked up from the Mindfulness Code, that book. And it goes something like this. Just take a moment where you are first thing in the morning and let your gaze fall onto something in your close environment, something that you don't typically pay much attention to, and notice it. Think about it. Examine it. Think about who brought it into being or how did it come to be? How did it find its way to where it is in your life? What does it mean? Notice it and fall in love with it. Albert Einstein. I'm going to have to read this one to you twice. <laughs> it's that good. My religion consists of the humble admiration of the superior spirit who reveals itself in the slight details we are able to perceive with our frail and feeble minds. My religion consists of the humble admiration of the superior spirit who reveals itself in the slight details we are able to perceive with our frail and feeble minds. <laughs> well, I don't think our minds are frail and feeble, but I do think about humble admiration of the slight details of life. You know, noticing the world is a very good practice for people who are alive. Because it helps. It can help us to not fall into holes on the path because we see them. It can also help us to see the needs that are all around us that we don't see when we're not noticing. It can also help us feel more at home and more confident because we see what is. And it can help us make the world a better place when we stop ignoring it and step in closer to help it because we see what's needed. I like to think of life as the beloved, as a lover, and I being in love with it, and you being in love with it. I try not to lie back and expect the lover to do everything. I participate and get involved and make something wonderful happen. Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes I make a mess. Sometimes I get it wrong but I stay alive. He has a story. Once upon a time, a gardener was digging in her garden, and the local minister, taking a walk in the neighborhood, came upon her garden and stopped at the fence in admiration and said, Mary, it's a wonderful thing what God and humankind working together can do. Yes, ma'am, said Mary. But you should have seen this garden last year when God had it all to himself. 
I think this is the way of things in my life. I seem to have, and maybe this is true for you, an option to get involved or not. It seems to be I must be willing to work with whatever I have before me today, whether that's fair or unfair, just or unjust. I have to be willing to take my plot of dirt and turn it into something. I see that. I, I know it's the same with relationship and with friendship. I have to be willing to get involved and get in the dirt. I have to get into it. It's not always tidy. I can't be passive about it. I've got to be willing to weed and maintain and feed and nurture. I suspect the same is true for feeling at home in this world, in this life. I've got to be willing to get involved, to notice, to get into it. I can't be passive about it. I've got to weed and maintain and nurture and feed. This week I'm going to practice more. I'm going to practice being at home in the world. And I'm going to do that. And I invite you to join me in doing it. I'm going to do it by trying to notice the world around me a little more. You know, a good place to practice is in nature. Go outside and notice the feeling of the weather. Instead of just being in it, notice it. Describe it to yourself. Feel it. And look at the people you encounter around. That's what I try to do. I look at people and I try to identify one thing about them. Could be a facial feature, piece of clothing, the way they walk. I notice. I try to. I'm going to practice. And another way to practice is to listen to the sounds of life. It's a kind of meditation, and it can bring ease, and it can slow down the racing mind. And a good way to get into it is to leave your devices behind. Listen to the world instead of podcasts or music. Or, if it's rainy today, and you know, if the bad weather comes... <laughs> You can practice today in the social hall right here because we have a new art installation. Michael Seymour's artwork is up there. And so before you head off to your life, take a moment to experience the art slowly. And if you're watching from home, you've got time to make it here. Look at the art and when you do, look at the non-central feature in each piece. Look at the periphery. Look at the colors. Look at the background. Look at the edges. And feel your aliveness kick in as you give your attention. It's a wonderful thing to do. I invite you to take a breath in with me. To exhale. There is only one life that is living itself everywhere through all things and all beings. This is my life and this is the life of every person here and everywhere. 
It is our shared heritage. It is where we intersect with each other. And so I speak this word of affirmative prayer for and about all of us, realizing that the life that is living itself awaits our recognition of it, ready to express itself to flow through our attention and appreciation, and in so doing to reveal to us the infinite possibilities that lie in store. I give thanks for this. I give thanks that it is so. And I celebrate in advance the wonders and mysteries and awe and beauty that are undoubtedly on their way to be revealed to each one of us today. I give thanks for that compassionate heart that is in every one of us that connects us to each other, to make space for each other no matter where we are on the path. I give thanks for the empathy that is natural to us and the love that causes us to understand, embrace, and reach out to hold each other as we travel this life together. And I let it be so, and so it is. <laughs>